From Strongsville, Ohio, the pastor of the Strongsville Christian Church, Pastor Joseph Kalini. I'd like to greet everyone to Strongsville Christian Church. Today's message is overcoming insecurity. You know, a lot of times we don't, we're not born with insecurity. People put on complexes on us and people make fun of us. They pick on us. They say certain things and it creates an insecurity within us. I remember um, when I was younger, I used to have really nice hair when I was about 10, 11 years old, and I had straight hair. It, was, it, it used to be blonde, and then it transitioned to black, and it was really nice hair, and I was really uh, confident with my hair, and people used to come by me and say, man, you have really nice hair. And then when I hit around uh, 14, 14, 15, my hair started turning uh, curly, and I started to look like Screech from Saved by the Bell. How many know Screech from Saved by the Bell? Right. My hair looked just like that. I was I was out in Menor, Ohio. I was the only white kid with an afro and everyone used to make fun of my hair. Everyone used to uh, uh, pick on me. They would call me Screech by Saved by the Bell and they would just rip on me. And um, I remember that um, it caused me to be insecure about my hair. And so I would spend two, three hours as a teenager in the mirror, and I would try to hairspray it and put water on it and to dampen it and get it just positioned where it didn't matter because people still ended up making fun of me no matter what I did. And back at that time uh, was right at the time where people started shaving their head, and shaving their head was considered a cool thing. And... um, I remember uh, Vin Diesel was popular, Tupac was popular, all the rappers were popular, Um, Rock started shaving his head, everyone that was cool, Bruce Willis uh, back in the 90s had a shaved head, and if you had a shaved head, now my status became elevated because I started shaving my head. See, a lot of times there are certain areas of in our life where we are insecure. Doesn't mean we're insecure about everything. But there are certain things that we might feel insecure about. It could be your feet. You're insecure about your feet. You don't want no one to look at your feet. It could be how tall you are, how short you are, the color of your eyes, your skin, uh, your, your age, your, your finances. Some people are ashamed of their finances. Some people are ashamed of their education. You doesn't mean you're insecure in all areas of your life. But how many of you know the devil only needs one route? to reap havoc on your life. Something as silly as your hair. Think about that. Who cares about your hair? And the devil worked me tooth and nail over my hair. And now I love having a bald head. I I saw it on RTA, uh, uh, RTA advertisement. It said, bald is beautiful. And I said, God bless whoever created that. Right? I didn't say that. They said it. Right. Even in the Old Testament, the little kids made fun of Elijah. They said, baldy, baldy. And a bear came out and ate them little kids up for making fun of his bald head. Amen. See, these are things that happen to us when we are insecure. We need to figure out what causes our insecurity. And then once we elder, can you help uh, Deacon over? He's like choking over there on the uh, on the thing. You good? Okay. All right. 
there's one thing that the devil needs, and that's to uh, uh, cause us to get insecurity. But you have to figure out what causes insecurity. And once you find out what that source of insecurity is, now you could ask the Lord to go in and secure that insecurity. Amen. And you think about if you think about the word insecurity, it has to do with security. And how important is security of a country? How important is security in your home? How important is the borders of a country to have security that we don't have terrorists just marching in through the borders? How important is security to mankind, right? We think about the natural security, but a lot of times we neglect the spiritual security, which comes from God. Insecurity is uncertainty or anxiety, about oneself, the state of being open to danger or threat or a lack of protection. How many know what that is, that picture is right there? One person? Brother Chuck, what is that? Yes, sir. That's Scooter from the Muppets, and the reason why I have that up there, how many know why I have that up there? Did I ever tell you that? I don't ever remember telling anybody that, including my mom. Brother Chuck just says, huh? Did I mention that? Okay, well, praise God. When I was a kid, Brother Chuck nailed it, though. When I was a little kid, I was about maybe two, three years old. I don't know who got it for me. They got me the little scooter doll, right? And I thought that I didn't realize how much I cared about that scooter doll. That scooter doll was a source of security in my life. And I remember a little girl that I liked on the playground. She came by and she said, can I have your scooter doll? And you remember this story? And I said, yes, you can. And I didn't realize how important that scooter doll was to me. And when she took it from me, immediately my world fell apart. I'm talking about I didn't want to live anymore as a two-year-old child. I literally, I didn't even know how much power that little scooter doll had over me. Tears started pouring out of my eyes. Uh, my face turned beet red, snot, two-year-old little Pastor Kalini, right? And, and, and my stepdad said, are you sure you're going to be okay giving that with her? I'm like, I'm fine. <gasps> crying i'm okay it's fine i know i'm not gonna be all right and he said maybe we should go get it back i said uh-huh let's go get it back let's go get it back and he came up to her. i didn't have the courage to come back and ask him from the girl and he said i'm gonna need that doll back and she said no problem she gave it back to me and see that's how we are we that that same source of security what is it that we put our security in as we grow? That sounds silly as an adult, right? But as adults, we put our security in different things. Sometimes we put our security in a car. We put our security in relationships and family members and houses and different material things and money, right? But these things can be taken from us, and when they are taken from us, we lose our sense of security. Let the church say, insecurity is evidence 
and consequence of the fall of man. Unforgiven sin makes people insecure. Amen? Insecurity is evidence of and consequence of the fall of man, and unforgiven sin makes people insecure. You see evidence of this in Genesis 3, 6. It says, when the women saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some of it and ate it. See, the woman and the man, Adam and Eve, and Eve they were already perfectly secure. Right. They already had everything that they needed and the garden of Eden. And then the devil came by and started to let her know that by herself and with God alone, she was incomplete. She was inefficient. She was lacking something. The devil tried to get her eyes off of God and on something that she didn't have. She had all of the fruit in the garden. She could have had the whole entire garden at her disposal. But instead of focusing on that, the devil tried to make her not secure about everything that she had, but insecure about the only one thing that she did not have. And that's how the devil comes into our life, to try to get us to be insecure about the one thing that you don't have ignoring all the tree that you have in the good garden of Eden ignoring all the blessings ignoring the euphoria and the, all the glory of God all around you ignore all that and focus on one thing that you don't have and you can see that is how the enemy operates in our life to cause insecurity now here's the question what come first What come first, the chicken or the egg? What come first, the sin or the insecurity? The insecurity or the sin? Doesn't matter. Both chicken and egg need to be fried up. Right? Insecurity and sin need to be fried up by the blood of the Lamb. And until we get them resolved by God, we will constantly be going through a vicious cycle of insecurity and sin. Sin and insecurity. Because the more we sin, the more insecure we are. And the more insecure we are, the more we sin. And it's to our destruction mentally, spiritually, emotionally. And why do I say that? The more insecure we are, the more we sin. Let me explain that. There are people who do not feel comfortable in their own skin. In other words, unless they are intoxicated, they don't feel comfortable around other people. I know people like this. They have to be high. They have to smoke weed. Why? Because they feel so insecure about who they are. They need to get high in order to feel secure enough to socialize in public because they are dealing with insecurities. 
But then the cycle is because they smoke weed, it causes them to be more insecure. People who get drunk, they get drunk not because they're horrible people, but because they feel insecure. And their insecurities in their life is now self-prescribed and self-resolved through alcohol and the more alcohol they drink as they get drunk it makes them feel secure has anyone ever heard the term liquid courage liquid courage we get drunk so that we become courage so that we become strong and confident men who are insecure within they go to pornography Sometimes married women or sometimes married men, they go to pornography. Why? Because there's something inside of them that is insecure, and they feel that if they sin, it will solve their insecurity. Or if they fornicate, the more women. See, before I was a Christian, I did all types of sins because I was one of the most insecure men that ever walked the planet. Now, here's the problem with that. There is different levels of insecurity. Insecurity, if you follow down that path, it could take you to a path of hell. It could take you to a path of sin without limit. If you follow the path of insecurity, it could even take you to murder. You look at Cain and Abel. Why did Cain kill Abel? Because he was insecure. He was inferior to his brother. And rather than humbling himself to find out why God accepted his brother's sacrifice and not his, he rose up in pride. See, the more proud you have, the more pride you have, the more insecurity you have. Pride and insecurity go together. Now, if you look at the definition of insecurity, it will tell you the lack of pride, but it's not biblically true. Pride is false security. Pride is false security. It is putting all your trust in yourself and none in God. It's taking all the credit for everything that you did and giving God none. That is pride. Pride is always a false sense of security. It may, see, a lot of times if you're not discerning, you can come across people that look to be secure but they're very insecure, but they're masters of disguise. They're masters of hiding their insecurity. See, it takes a spirit of discernment to see who is secure and insecure, who is proud and who's humble, because not everything is what it seems. And you see, there was a perfect security in the Garden of Eden. There was a free will there was a free range. You see Adam and Eve walking around in the garden with confidence and boldness. And they had everything that they needed. And the devil came in and he caused disruption to the woman. He attacked the woman and got her to feel insecure about herself. But through her disobedience to God and her husband, she was able to get her husband to join in on the same thing that she disobeyed God with. You see, insecure people could become dangerous. And a lot of times as Christians, we need to make sure that we don't surround ourselves with a bunch of insecure people. 
Because insecure people will tear down other people so that they can feel more secure about who they are. None of us need to be a victim of insecure people who their only goal in life is to tear you down to make themselves feel better. And I'm going to tell you, they will never be satisfied. No matter how much they attack you, no matter how much they tear you down, they will never be satisfied because satisfaction and security does not come from tearing down other people. Even to the extent that you murder another person, it still does not provide security. And you can see Cain that even after he murdered the object of insecurity, his brother, even after he murdered him, he still was not secure. He went around with a mark as evidence that there goes a man who's insecure. And look at what it says. It says, she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. And then the eyes of both of them were open, and they realized they were naked. And so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. You see, this is man's solution. When we deal with insecurity, instead of going to God and asking God how to cure, resolve, or solve our insecurity, we try to handle insecurity on our own. And we put fig leaves over that, which makes us insecure. But how many of you know the fig leaves will never solve the problem? They will just hide the problem. They will just cover up the problem. It is a temporary solution with no resolution. Amen? And then it says in 8, it says, And then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord. And as he was walking in the garden, in the cool of the day, they hid themselves. They hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Amen. This is the first evidence of man and woman being insecure. Their reaction is to hide from God. And this is why there are a lot of people right now in the earth, they are not going to church, not because there's so much problems with the church, but there's so much problems within. And evidence that there's problems within is to hide from the Lord. Amen. And you'll hear a lot of folks that have social media ministries and they will attack the church and they will say the church is not the four walls. Right. And they will attack the four walls and the gathering together. But the Bible says forsake not the assembly of believers as some are in the habit of doing. And they will also attack the pastors that all pastors are wrong. And then the Bible says, I will give you shepherds after my own heart, which will feed you with knowledge and understanding. The ear can't say to the hand, I have no need of you. The eye can't say to the foot, I have no need of you. We need one another. And then we listen to these folks that birth these ministries out of church hurt and hurt from religion. And they use that as leverage to exalt their experience over the authority of the word of God. And it is simply not true true 
we, we, it doesn't say that it's not valid. It's not that there, there are emotions and feelings and their hurts and injustices did not happen and wrongs were not done. But those experiences and feelings do not prioritize the word of God. We need to go back to the word of God and put God first to reestablish a sense of security that can't be taken by man. And these same gurus, spiritual religious gurus that say, well, we don't need to go to the four walls, will be the same person that will preach to you on social media in a house with four walls. They'll go to a restaurant with four walls. They'll go to a doctor's office with four walls. They'll go to a dentist's office and four walls. No, they don't go to the dentist out in the woods when it's raining and snowing outside. No, they got four walls. They go to a gym. No, not on the woods. They're not curling logs. They go into FitWorks with four walls. They'll go to restaurants with four walls. But when it comes to the church, I'll run the evil four walls. They're horrible. People will start ministries attacking four walls. They Look at these walls. They have never hurt anybody. Look at this wall. Have you ever hurt me, wall? No, I've never hurt you. Are you evil, wall? No more than you. Have you ever hurt anybody, wall? No more than you. If the walls could only talk, they would say, stop demonizing me and get into the house of God. Well, pastor, I'm in a hospital. I can't go to the four walls. You're still in four walls in a hospital. Moving forward. Insecure people feel threatened by other success when they should feel happy for them. Amen. This is evidence that either someone else is threatened by your success or you're threatened by other success. You know, this message is, is wonderful in the aspect that it doesn't matter what side of the fence you find yourself on. You could be dealing with someone else who is insecure and you have to deal with all of the drama that comes with the insecure person. Or you might find yourself struggling with insecurity and you need to overcome those insecurities. Let the church say, insecure people feel threatened by other success when they should feel happy for them. Now, here's the thing, folks. I'm going to say this, that if you find yourself always intimidated, always threatened, always attacked, Go to the Lord and say, Lord, I feel insecure and I don't like to feel this way. Where I should be happy, I feel threatened. Where I should feel glad that someone else is doing good, I feel tortured and tormented. Lord, can you heal my heart? Lord, can you help me humble myself before you? Lord, can you take away these feelings and help me to bless that other person? And that might be a solution that God will have you to do. The same person that you feel threatened by, the same people that you feel unhappy for, that they're doing good, maybe God will have you to give them a love offering to overcome that same thing that is causing you to be tortured. Insecure people feel threatened by other success 
when they should feel happy for them. I'm not going to go into this, but wasn't that the problem with Joseph's brothers? There, there are so many Bible verses in the Bible that I could use uh, that animates problems with people that are dealing with insecurity. Dealing with people that are insecure and those that were, vic- that were struggling with insecurity. Joseph's brothers, Joseph was telling them a dream that was literally going to save their life. He was telling them a dream that was going to save their life and allow them to eat and live another day. And instead of them seeking God or praying for him, they threw him in a well. They sold him as a slave. He was falsely accused of rape. He was thrown into prison all because his family was insecure about Joseph's calling on God. And I'm going to tell you that as you grow in God and as you start to have a calling in God, those who are not walking in God will start to lash out at you and they will start to attack you, which is why you're going to need to go to God for wisdom on proper boundaries so that the attack is reduced, minimized. In Samuel 18, 8, it says, And Saul was very wroth. That's King James for angry. Or in 2022, salty. He was feeling some kind of way about David. And it was not a good way. And he had beef, as Deacon Frederick would say. He had beef. Now, if you ask me if I have beef with someone, that's a good thing. That means that we're going to take the knife and fork and cut open medium well, preferably, and we're going to eat that beef. Amen? But if you ask Deacon Frederick if they have beef with someone, that means they're ready to fight. So Saul had beef with David. And why did he have beef with them? It says, and saying he was displeased with them. And he said, they have ascribed unto David ten thousands. And to me, they have ascribed but thousands. You see, there's already jealousy. It's already insecurity where Saul was in a position to bless David. Saul was in a position to support David, but instead he was attacking him for his success. And he, David loved Saul so much he supported him. You see, people who are struggling with insecurity, they can't discern who is with them and who's against them, who loves them and who hates them, who's their friend and who's their enemy because they are blinded by a spirit. They are blinded by a spirit of insecurity, and that spirit needs to be addressed and confronted. Otherwise, that spirit will lead you into a path where everyone else around you is walking on eggshells. This this will, this will affect your relationship with your kids. 
This will affect marriages. This will affect future marriages. This will affect your job, your employment. Insecurity bleeds into every area of your, your life. And Saul was very wroth. And saying displeased him. And the saying displeased him. He said, and they have ascribed unto David tens and thousands. And to, to me, they have ascribed but thousands. And what can he have more but the kingdom? And Saul eyed David. He eyed him. You got to watch when people are eyeing you. See, there's always someone that is going to eye you. Always. And like I said, the, the insanity is while they're eyeing you, you could be going through battles that they don't even know about. I, me and my wife were going through crazy, intense, biggest battles of our life. We were being attacked by all angles, and I had people eyeing me that were jealous of me, not even knowing the battles that I was going through, and they're envious and jealous and insecure about me having no idea of what's going on in my personal life, and that is the insanity of jealousy and insecurity, is that they don't know what another person's going through. Don't ever think that you want to trade places with another person. You don't know what they're going. Be thankful for your battles. Be thankful for your toothpick cross that you have to carry because there's other people carrying a forest on their back. And Saul eyed David from that day and forward. People who are insecure open up to demons, depression, jealousy, envy, and rage. Amen? Again, there are different levels of insecurity. Now, I think some of us, when we feel insecurity come on us, we should rebuke it immediately in the name of Jesus. You see, I could lay hands on you and pray for you, and I could cast demons out and plead the blood of Jesus over you, and God can do real things at this altar. But how many of you know that you have to fight your own battles as you leave the house of God? I can't follow you around everywhere you go and lay hands on you every moment of the day you have to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling you have to pick up your cross and follow God you have to rebuke the enemy resist the devil the Bible says he'll flee from you the first resistance is in your mind and your thoughts when those insecurities and jealousies and anger and envy come into your mind and start to make you feel inadequate it is your responsibility as a child of God to cast down every imagination and thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. We have to cast that thought down. Put it under our feet. You are the head and not the tail. In Jesus' name. 1 Samuel 18.10 And it came to pass on the morrow that the evil spirit from God came upon Saul and he prophesied in the midst of the house and David played with his hand as said other times 
as at other times, and there was a javelin in Saul's hand. And Saul cast the javelin, for he said, I will smite David even to the wall with it. And David avoided out of his presence twice. You see, when you're dealing with insecure people, you need to know when to get out of town. Amen. There's a time to fight and there's a time to run. And you need to know when you need to cut ties and get up out of there before you got a javelin hanging out of your back looking like a pork pie because people are so envious of nothing. I know I, one of my big old biggest battles that I have to go through is that people are so envious of my good looks. It's something I have to deal with. It's tough. Everywhere I go, they're jealous of how beautiful. No, I'm teasing. Amen. We all have to deal with things, folks. And 1 Samuel 18, 12, and Saul was afraid of David. Now, it's interesting that as Saul was throwing javelins at David, you would think David was afraid of Saul. You see, David had confidence in God. The Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. You see, when you are a man or woman of God after God's own heart, you won't have room for insecurity because your source of security is coming from El Shaddai, from Jehovah Jireh, from the Lord our provider, from Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the host of hosts, the great I am, the ruler of who was, who is, and who is to come. And when you are connected to him you don't have room for insecurity the javelins will come but you'll stop them you'll have your shield of faith the helmet of salvation you will be walking in the fullness that God has called you and the anointing of God you have to be prepared to go out into this world javelins will come but you need to know when to leave amen and David came back it said, therefore, Saul sent David away and gave him command of a thousand men. And David led the troops to, out to the battle and back. And David behaved himself wisely in all his ways. And the Lord was with him. You see, as you have security and confidence in God, you need to behave yourself wisely because sometimes we could get javelins thrown at us because we're un behaving in unwisely. We're doing things that God didn't call us to do. We're picking battles that God didn't send us in. Amen. So don't volunteer for battles. The more we humble ourselves to God and accept God's love, our security will be without limit. Now, here's the thing, folks. For the world, they could see a man or woman of God that is confident, and they will, without understanding, can mistaken our confidence in God for pride. Because the world can't, the world can't decipher. They can't distinguish. They can't discern. I, I remember I was preaching at a funeral one time. It was not me. In the natural, I choked up. It was a family member that I loved so much, and uh, all these emotions gripped me. I didn't even want to speak at the funeral. They had thrown me up there to give some words, and I didn't even want to say anything. I was grieving over this family member that I lost, and I was choked up, and I couldn't speak, and my throat closed up. My eyes welled up with tears, and I couldn't say anything. 
And people were just looking at me, and I was standing up there with the microphone at my family member's funeral, and I had nothing to say at all. I didn't want to speak. All I wanted to do was cry. And then the Holy Spirit fell on me, and then out of my mouth flowed rivers of living water, and I started preaching to the glory of God, and I started opening up, and people started listening to what was being said. And at the end of the funeral, they said, man, you're real cocky. You're real arrogant. You're real proud. Why are you so proud and arrogant and cocky and bold? I said, you don't understand. That wasn't me. That was the Holy Spirit. And people who don't know the Spirit of God will mistaken the power of God for pride and arrogance. It's not. It's not in our flesh. It's not by strength nor by might, but by His Spirit that we have security. The more we humble ourselves to God. Remember, if you're struggling with insecurity... I promise you this one thing. You are only struggling with it because of pride. The moment you humble yourself in that area that you are insecure will be the moment that that torment, that access, that avenue that you gave to the devil will instantly leave you. And what will return from giving God access in that area that you newly humble yourself, you'll receive the joy of the Lord. You'll receive peace that passes all understanding. You'll receive healing from God. And we can walk around our whole life being proud, and we can walk around our whole life being insecure. And I got to tell you, there is no joy. For insecure people, there is no joy, no peace. They are tortured and tormented day and day. They they have this burden that is placed on them by the enemy of having to hide their insecurity from the world, to put on these masks, to be fake and phony, to, 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 to be care about what other people think and ignore what God thinks and to exalt the opinions of people. It is a burden. It is draining. It is taxing to be worried about what people think about you 24-7, I'm going to tell you it is the most draining thing that we can go through is to be constantly worried about what other people think. And as I do prison ministry, I can't tell you how many times I walk around and look at insecure men in the prisons walking the yard, and they walk around with their head all in the, uh, in the air. And they go to the gym and they lift weights and they're muscular and they're gang leaders. And they have a form of authority, a form of worldly power. But inside in their heart, they're scared to death. Inside in their heart, they have no peace. They have no joy. It does not come from this earth. It comes from the Lord. And 1 Samuel 24, 8, it says, Then David went out of the cave, and he called out to Saul. He said, My Lord, the king. And when Saul looked behind him, David bowed down and prostrated himself with his face to the ground. 
You see, it was interesting that he did not use weapons that were carnal against Saul. He didn't return a javelin for a javelin. You see, when you use weapons that are natural, what happens is you fight the enemy on his territory. You fight demons on their territory, and it's a matter of time before you are overtaken. You see, just recently, me and my wife, we had this situation where this person confronted us for a ridiculous reason. We were managing our own property, and this person did not like the way that we were managing it, and she falsely accused me and my wife of doing something that we did not do. And she went to the extent of saying, we got you on camera. And I said, let me see the footage because it didn't happen. And my wife was right there. And I don't want to go into too much detail because I don't want anyone to feel a certain way <laughs> towards certain folks. Amen. Uh, so I don't even want to plant that seed in your mind. But this person just starts yelling and screaming at me and my wife. And the more I tried to ration with her intellectually, the more I tried to speak reason like an adult with her, the more I used English words with her, the angrier she got, the louder she got, the more I humbled myself before her, she got more angry. And the more I tried to speak to her, she just yelled more and more. And then in the midst of this conversation with this out of control person, my wife started praying in tongues and I heard my wife praying in tongues and I, it made me realize that we're dealing with a spirit that's within this person. So then when I heard my wife pray in tongues, I started praying in tongues. And then when I prayed in tongues, this lady who was yelling and screaming and cussing instantly, instantly, she said, why are you now threatening me? I was praying in tongues, and she said I threatened her. That doesn't even make any sense at all. They, these were angelic prayers. This was not a language where she could have logically said, why am I threatening her? But there was a spirit, the tongues, the prayer language released something into the spirit that the demon within her took it as a threat. In seconds of praying in tongues, she immediately ran away. She stopped arguing. It diffused the situation. You see, you can't fight the enemy on his grounds. You need to pray in the spirit. You need to pray and realize that you're dealing with demons within other people. There is a spirit of insecurity that is roaming loose within this world. And you need to know how to overcome that spirit. You're going to overcome it through the things of God. Amen. Because there are some people, they won't listen to logic. They won't listen to evidence. They won't listen to the truth. They won't listen to comprehensible words that they can understand in their own language. It will only fuel the demons. But if you bypass all that and you come in the spirit, I've seen this thing happen to me multiple times where people were certain, saying certain things and I prayed in the spirit. And I watched a resolution immediately to the glory of God. And so David, he approached Saul. Not, he could have killed David. You see that? He could have killed David. 
easily took him out. David, Saul, he could have called, he could have killed Saul, excuse me. David could have killed Saul. God allowed Saul to fall in the hands of David. Could have easily resolved his all of his problems, all of his worries, just like that. All of his worries, just like that. Just like that, elder. Just like that. He could have took him out. But instead, he humbled himself. He put his face on the ground. And he, he put his life into not Saul's hands. He put his life into God's hands. He let God take over the situation. You see, and sometimes we don't defeat insecurity because we're trying to handle it from our own logic. We're not fully submitted to the living God. We're not, we're still trying to fight and strengthen and resist. And David put his face on the ground. He humbled himself. In Psalm 24, 16, it says, and when David finished saying this, Saul asked, is that your voice, David, my son? And he wept aloud. You are more righteous than I. He said, you have treated me well, but I have treated you badly. You have just now told me about the good you did to me. The Lord delivered me into your hands, but you did not kill me. And Samuel 24, 19, 1 Samuel says, When a man finds his enemy, does he let him get away unharmed? May the Lord reward you well for, you, for the way you treated me today. I know that you will surely be king and that the kingdom of Israel will be established in your hands. Now, this was not just humility. This was humility in God, but also David being led by God. Amen? It's a combination between being led by the Spirit of God and humbling yourself both before God and man that David was able to break the spirit of insecurity that was in Saul. And instead of having Saul attack him, he got Saul to approve him. The Bible says when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. There is a way that God can lead you to even make your enemies to be at peace with you. Only coming back to God will resolve and restore our source of security. Amen? Genesis 3.21, and the Lord God made clothing from the animal skin and for Adam and his wife. Now, God punished everybody. He made the woman suffer from childbearing. 
He made the man work with the sweat of his brow. He made the devil, the snake, crawl on his belly for the rest of the God released judgment on everyone, but he restored his creation of Adam and Eve. He removed the temporary solution of fig leaves, and he restored it with the skin of an animal that was a permanent resolution of clothing to bear the mistake, to bear the sin, to bear the shame. And God released Jesus Christ to die on a cross for our sins that his blood would be shed like a lamb of God to cover up our shame to cover up our condemnation to atone for our sin and to restore us and throw our sins in the sea of forgetfulness not to excuse them not to justify them not to give us a license to keep doing it but a solution to be forgiven and restored back to a place of spiritual security The more secure we are in God, the more effective we are in every area of our life. Folks, I'm telling you, when I deal with someone who is insecure, what happens is they release something in the atmosphere that makes you not really want to trust them. What am I saying? I'm saying that I was at Metro Hospital and there was a new dentist that was an apprentice. I needed to have a wisdom tooth removed from my jaw bone. And this dentist approached me with the highest level of insecurity. He came up to me and he went to greet me and his hand was shaking. That's what you want when you go to get a tooth removed is a new, brand new dentist who is extremely insecure, who wants to practice on your jawbone. And this man shook my hand with pure, he was shaking, he was, uh, you could physically see the fear, the insecurity on his face and he's shaking my hand and he said I'm Dr. So-and-so I will be the one taking care of you I immediately I immediately started praying oh Lord Jesus Lord if there's any sin that's not right in my life I come before you right now in the name of Jesus I repent of all my sins Lord I forgive everyone who's done me wrong and and the drills are coming and the needles are pricking and probing he's hitting everything that makes it numb my arm is numb my ears numb. I can feel everything where he's working. My toes are numb. Part of my brain is numb. I'm drooling. I can literally feel the pain. He's hitting everything but what he needs to hit. I allow this guy to butcher my jawbone. For about 15 minutes, I was a trooper. Eventually, I pushed this man off of me. I literally pushed him off. I went into the, the metro uh the lobby area where the reception was, all these little kids were sitting on the chairs looking at me. Blood is drooling down. I'm, I, don't, I don't have time for patience. I, I don't have time to be adequate and you know proper and eloquent. All that is gone 15 minutes ago. I allowed him to butcher me. I said, I need a dentist that knows what he's doing now. 
And they gave me a, a, a master surgeon, Dr. Bogdri Butri. I still remember him. He went in there before his assistant could set up. He had the tooth gone in 10 seconds. I didn't feel anything. He was already gone. I'm like, when are you going to remove it? He, he put it he, ting, on the little tray thing. He said, it's already gone. Next time, ask for me. See, he walked. They called him Speedy. See, he walked in there with confidence and boldness. You see, there are a lot of Christians walking around, you know, ah. Uh, uh, the devil's out there to get me. Wow, come on. The Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion. We are to be confident not in self, not in this world, but in Christ. And it affects the way that people receive you. You see, when you walk around confident, doors start to open. Promotions start to help. See, if I, I deal in the optical with patients, if I show any sign of insecurity, they don't trust me. They think I'm up to something. But if I'm confident and I know what I'm talking about, they immediately alleviate their stress, their fear their word. See, your confidence in Christ can put others at ease. The peace that you have can transfer onto them. The security that you have in God will cause them to be drawn to you. There is an anointing of God that causes us to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth. It will draw. Jesus said, I will draw all men unto me. And when you're connected to Jesus, you will be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. You'll be able to witness. You'll this is the thing, folks. Your security and God will affect your witness. It will affect your witness. It will affect your boldness in who you tell about Jesus. It will affect those that come to the church. When they see that you're bold and confident in God, it will draw. What church do you? They will try to find out what your secret sauce is. And it's more than a thousand islands. the more secure we are in God. You see, Deacon, he is a very hireable person. I watched him operate. When he applies for a job, he puts his suit and tie on, and he is able to secure a job just like that because it's the way that he carries himself as a confident person. He don't carry himself like he just robbed a bank. He, he carries himself with a boldness in God. Folks, I'm telling you, when you allow God to go into all the areas of your life, it will destroy, security in God will destroy fear. It will destroy anxiety. It will destroy all the problems of life, I'm telling you, through security in God. It will affect everything. You see, when we come across as desperate, desperation is a sign of insecurity. Folks, if you're single, nobody wants a desperate single person. Nobody. I've never had a woman say, well, I, I, you know, it wasn't anything else, but it was just your insecurity really drew me closer to you. Nobody wants that. You know, no employer says, man, I'm just looking for the most insecure person I could find to put them as the head of our company. You know, they, they're the world. You, I'm going to tell you, when you really tap into the fullness of the security that God has for you in Christ, you will be a hot commodity in every area. You'll be more efficient in everything you do.
Your words will carry influence. Your words will carry weight. People will value what you say because of your confidence in God. Amen? And Luke 6, 46, it says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream broke against it and the house could not shake it because it had been built well. You know, I was looking at this story of the man that built his house on the sand versus the man that built his house on the rock. They both went through storms. You understand that? They both went through storms. It was just a difference of one was going to be able to overcome the storm. The other one was going to be overcome by the storm. Folks, in this walk with God, I cannot promise you peaches, rainbows, and butterflies. But what I can promise you that there is a strength that comes from God that will allow you to endure even the enemy's best storms, even his best attacks. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And as you are connected, and rooted in God, you will be able to stand where others fall. You will be able to live where others die. You will be able to have joy where others cry because you are connected to the king of kings. And Ezekiel 28, 26, he says, they will live there in safety and will build houses and plant vineyards and they will live in safety when I inflict punishment on all of their neighbors who malaligned or maligned, despise them, then they will know that I am the Lord, their God. If you're watching this and you're deciding, um, should you serve God? Does God have more for me? Even if you might find yourself believing that you're serving God, but you're living a double mind, you're straddling the fence, you're going back and forth, you're not really fully committed. I got to tell you, it's better with God. I, I've lived on the side of evil. I know what it's like to be have a heart full of hatred, greed, uh, you know, sinful life. And I got to tell you, it's better with God. You know, the Bible says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. If you get right with God, God has things that you cannot imagine. But I want to ask you, uh, just repeat after me. Father God, Father I'm God, asking you now asking to come into my heart. I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins. I repent of my sins right now. I want to accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm believing that Jesus died on the cross for my sins, that he paid the price that I could not pay. I plead the blood of Jesus over me, and I'm asking that Jesus Christ would now be my new Lord and Savior. I believe that he died on the cross, rose again three days later because he loved me. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. If you've prayed that prayer and have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it is done. Now you have to ask the Lord to fill you with the Holy Spirit yes. so he could lead you, guide you, and comfort you yes. in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Name of your church and the address. We have enough time to get that in. It's Strongsville Christian Church, Pentecostal. It's in 191 
32 Temple Drive, and that's in Strongsville, Ohio. It's off of a main road. Most people know Pearl Road. Right. And when are your service times? Uh, we have service times Wednesday at 7 p.m. and Sunday at 11 a.m. And if for some reason you're not able to physically come, we do live stream every Wednesday at 7 p.m. and uh, Sunday at 11 a.m. And you could just go to Strongsville Christian Church uh, Facebook and you'll be able to catch that. Thank you.